Good morning, everybody. I had tea on the stove. I almost left it running. Almost. That would have been so bad. No, not really. I wouldn't have forgotten. So today is Wednesday, halfway through the week. Tomorrow is going to be the full moon. You can't see it where I'm living at. Usually I wake up and it's like right there, directly out my window. Today, I can't see it. It's cloudy. It's snowing. It's kind of depressing. I like seeing the moon in the morning. Um, it's almost the end of the month. It's very, very exciting. My friend Gina gave me a book she got in Fargo so that I can keep track of stuff. I have a very supportive friend. Um, she herself does not read the Bible, but she supports me in my journey, which is beautiful, which is quite beautiful. So kind of excited to start filling it out. So you guys, yesterday we talked from chapter 19 and Jesus was talking about divorce. Why is it that Moses allowed a certificate of divorce um what else the 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 boy who came to jesus also what he talked about was the boy who came to jesus the young man who said i'm doing all the right things what else can i do to enter the kingdom of heaven and jesus is like get rid of all the things that you have give them away and uh go from there and the man just couldn't do it he walked away sorrowful sor what was the word sorrowful because he had great possessions and he couldn't let them go and that was what i did the verse of the day on was again i say to you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god it's hard for people who have great wealth who want to pursue god to let it all go to surrender it it's hard to surrender just your soul, let alone the things that make your life comfortable. It is very hard. It is possible. And Jesus spoke, he said, the regeneration. So Jesus said to them, as assuredly I say to you, in that, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, who will have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. The regeneration. It speaks of regeneration, people being, souls being reborn throughout the Bible. It does. So I like to highlight those things because many times, you know, it's, we grow up thinking this is it. This is our one life. And it is, you know, you make the most of this life, but God owns our souls after this. Our souls return to him. But what happens when we still have lessons to learn in this world? Hmm? I thought about that quite a bit. So we're in chapter 20 today, and I can't remember. This one was a little bit longer, so I'm just going to get going in it. So that's probably why I got started on time today. <laughs> so it begins, oh, in the very last verse of chapter 19, it says, but many who are first will be last and the last first. This is very significant in life because many of us, not many of us, some people always want to be first in line. They want to be the first to do things. I want to be first. And they will step on people to be first. 
Those are the people Jesus are speaking of. Those who want to be first and step on others, you're going to be last. Because it's the kindness and compassion uh, that were created in the image of God that will, you know, place you in the kingdom of heaven. Those are the qualities and the values that God, you know, wishes to see come out of us. So it begins in chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the labor laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them to his vineyard. Then he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, Why have you been standing there idle, here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. When those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne and burdened the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. It is not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things. Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Many are called, but few are chosen. Oh, and then he explains it. I love this. Now Jesus going up to Jerusalem took 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death. Again, he references, he references to them his death. He told him again. This may be the third time he said it. The first time Peter, he said it and Peter was like, no, no, this can't be happening. And Jesus was like, you need to step aside. This is happening. And deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Then the mother of Zebdi's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down, asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Do you not know what you ask? Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I am to be baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to give, 
but it is for those whom is prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called to them himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it Oh, I misphrased that. But Jesus came to them to himself. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be the first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Now as they went out to Jerusalem, a great multitude followed him, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they would be quiet. I can't talk. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. That is the end of chapter 20. Oh, man. We got till chapter 24. Right? 24? How many chapters are there? There's 26. How many? 27? We got some time. I got no, no. I was thinking about this last night. 28 chapters. 28 chapters. Hmm. Okay. So, the thing about the vineyard, the thing about hiring people so he was trying to teach them that there are here is a man who owned the land and this happens nowadays many of us think that we're entitled to make choices of other people and how they should handle their property their land what they should do their money everything and we get insulted these people were insulted so this man went out and hired people at different times of the day but he ended up paying them all the same wage and the people who worked the longest were upset how we should get more. And the point he's trying to prove is we made an agreement. I agreed to pay you one Daenerys. I paid you that. What did I do wrong? You became greedy in seeing that I paid somebody the same amount as you. But this is the agreement. I kept my word. So why are you upset? This reflects a lot in today's world. We do get very upset. We feel that we're treated unfairly. And this comes down to, I've been watching a lot of stuff on um, Democrats and Republicans. Um, there's a Donald Trump Facebook page. And it's, it's trying to bring out that a lot of liberals need racism. They need to have that word so that they have something to be angry about, so that they can be able to, what was the word, be fundamentally angry, and truly they don't need to be. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, I totally got lost, because I got into thinking of that video. 
that they got upset for something that had nothing to do with them. Like these people were insulted that they didn't get paid uh, more than the person that worked less. But it wasn't their money, nor was it their problem, nor was that the agreement. Um, why did I get lost in thought? Oh, that just ticks me off. It had a train of thought. God, why did I lose it? But they became greedy. They became upset. I lost it. Whatever. It's over. Um, but they did become upset. They became upset even though that was the agreement. There was no reason to be upset. We become insulted nowadays because we think that our way is fair. I see something happen to another person. I want that. I become jealous and I become insecure and I want that. Like somebody is doing better in me in life and I'm working really, really hard doing all the right things. But that's just not the way it, way it is. Um, this man had every right to do what he thought was correct with his money. I can't believe I lost that thought. Anyway, and then further down, when he's talking about the mother with the two sons, this was kind of, I really like how this story is told. The mother with the two sons. She is conditioned to believe that if she gives Jesus her sons, her sons will be exalted to the reign that he is. Because that's what he was trying to say. You know that one you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. He's trying to show them this is what they are raised to believe that this is true about authority that i i rule over you and now they see jesus she saw jesus and she believed that to be true because that's the way the pharisees are the pharisees like to rule over and believe that they're above everyone else i'm sorry you guys i'm really caught up that i lost train of thought on that last thing it's going to come to me in the very end. I know it. And when she said that, and Jesus, he wasn't confused. He was just trying to teach her that I can't, I can't decide who goes on my left or right. That's up to God. And that is true in our life. We really have no... We do have free will. You can you can choose to go left. You can choose to go right. But ultimately, God will always have his way. Um, and for this one, even though the disciples were upset that she would ask such a thing, he had to remind them, this is the way she was raised. So you have to have compassion and understanding. This is where Jesus, in the end, he said, for they do not know what they do. When he was being crucified, please forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they don't. Just like her, she had no true understanding that Jesus came to serve. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And I like that. I think that's going to be the verse of the day. Because the thing about that is, that is the essence of why we're here. It truly is to serve, to serve one another, but ultimately to be commanded by God with his Holy Spirit to serve others. 
we ultimately follow the leadership of God, he will guide us in which way we should serve. And we are here to serve and help and love others. The kingdom of God is like a restaurant. Okay. Oh man, I better save this for the first of the day. I'm going to save this. But the kingdom of God is like a restaurant. Okay. God, when we be, come into the kingdom of God, when we submit and surrender our soul to, the, to God's leadership, we are now in the kingdom of God, which is like a restaurant. We are servers. We now serve others who need love in this world, who haven't experienced love, who have been abused and traumatized and been through some things. Um, we are assigned tables in this world. My work is a table. My children, my home is a table. There are people in my life that I am assigned to serve unconditionally. Um, and it brings me great pleasure and joy when you have allowed God to bring you to the place you belong in life and you are serving the correct people in this world. It brings you great pleasure to serve. It brings me great pleasure to serve my family. This is why I understand Jesus and his servitude. And I understand his relationship with God. This is why he was able to do what he did by, you know, being crucified, by allowing people to behold, I'm going up to Jerusalem. The son of man will be betrayed um, to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify and the third day he will rise he knew this was coming he's known this has been coming he probably knew it on the mount to be honest when he was fasting those 40 days God probably showed him some things up there to prepare him and to see where his heart posture lied to make sure he was prepared to do what needed to be done See, God, Jesus was going to give the love that God needed. In chapter 19, this is very significant too. When they asked, why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and put that away? Because see, God, God, in the Old Testament, there are a lot of laws and rules that God created. Okay? That's why they call it the Old Testament. But that was before Jesus. Jesus had so much love for God and his sacrifice was the love that God needed to bind us all together with God, to have that ultimate forgiveness. Because we didn't have that before Jesus. Is it starting to click? Jesus' unconditional love for God flushed out any should I say it? I don't know if I want to say this because I, I'm sure I'll have people question. There always is. But Jesus' perfect love for God flushed out any fear, doubt, or worry that God ever had that mankind could never love the way he created us to. Because up until that point, we truly were messing it up. I mean, we had Noah's Ark. It was because one man in this world found favor in God's eyes. But even then he was doing some stuff in the very end that was pretty kind of disturbing. So up until this point, 
you know, even in Exodus, when God was bringing the Israels out of Egypt, and they were continually turning their back on God, there had not been, I mean, there was few, but it no one had the love that Jesus had for God. And that was the love God needed to truly know that it is possible for flesh to love me in such a way. And his sacrifice just washed away all that fear. And people can argue with me on that, but that is what I have found in my search of the truth with God. There is no fear in perfect love. But if you really get into the Old Testament and you start seeing the change of things, you see the change of things. God did try setting rules, but then he, you know, but look at Sodom and Gomorrah. He was he destroyed that city. Why? Because they were sexually immoral. God doesn't do that anymore. God just loves us unconditionally. God doesn't come down and destroy things like that anymore. Does anybody ever catch that little detail? Even after Noah's Ark, God came down and he got Lot out of there and his family. He rained on that those two cities and he destroyed it. That was after Noah's Ark. God doesn't do those things anymore. Why? Because the sacrifice of the love that Jesus had for him flushed out any any doubt. You know, and people will argue with me probably about that. You know, God never doubted. How do you know? I mean, he did want to destroy mankind. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. How do we know? Start reading the scriptures. Don't just take other people's word for it. So because of the love that Jesus had for God, God was able to forgive us for some of the things we do, like divorce, for sexual immorality, for the things that are truly sinful, okay? I'm not just talking like having sex before marriage, you know? Yeah, probably should not be encouraging our children to do that. But I don't think that's something God really casts us out of. He loves us regardless. I know. I've done it. And God still loves me. He never condemned me for that. He, he always had unconditional love. When I couldn't forgive myself, he was showing me he forgave me because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I don't know where I got on this. I really got on this. Oh, it was the servitude when Jesus said he came to serve because that's going to be the verse of today. So you guys, the Daenerys one, I want to come back to this and see if it comes back to me. You know, this man had land and he hired people at different time increments of the day to work the vineyard, right? You know, he saw people. He was putting people to use, which was actually quite clever. People just standing around. Why aren't you working? He was making sure he was involving everybody. You know, I can pay you. I can pay you. He made it fair across the board for everybody. It didn't matter what time you started. I'm paying you all the same. But greed overtook 
the ones who thought they deserved more, even though they agreed. They agreed. And then they got upset because they didn't like the agreement. Um, same with the Israels. When the Israels sold themselves for slavery. Ooh, I'm touching upon something deep here. Israel sold themselves for slavery so they wouldn't starve during the famine. They sold themselves. They said it. We will sell our bodies to you, our flesh, so that we do not starve. A lot of people misrepresent slavery. Although I'm not going to say the way slavery was handled was correct. That was incorrect in itself. But... The first slaves that came over to America were indented. That means they sold themselves. They sold themselves into slavery. There was more African village people selling their families. Let's see, people within that continent were selling their own families more than whites were going over there kidnapping them. That was very rare that that happened, actually, that whites would come over and take over the village and and kidnap and take slaves. I mean, it would be almost impossible. I mean, if you when you start doing the research, you realize, yeah, that's kind of impossible. How could a, a white man come over, even with guns, he'd have to kill half the tribe if he was trying to take all the men. The men would rise up because, uh, you know, black African men are probably really strong, compared to white European men back in them days. Let's just say it as it is. They were more athletic. They were outdoors all the time. They were more built. There was a difference. Slavery really, you know, that's where slavery begun. They were selling themselves into slavery. It started something. I don't know why I'm on that topic. Irritating somebody's soul, I suppose. And so when you make that choice, now you have to you have to come out of it. And many days, nowadays, so many people want to say, well, because my ancestors were enslaved, I am suppressed. That was the word. I'm suppressed. You're suppressing me. You suppress yourself. You suppress yourself just not knowing that you can go out there and have whatever you want. I don't know why I go in on that topic, you guys. I go in way off on a tangent on that. I don't know where God was trying to take me. He was. He was leading me somewhere. And I think where he's trying to lead me with this is when they said, saying these last men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who bore the burden and the heat of the day. But they are equal. That's where God's trying to take me, you guys. Okay. See? it. God led me along. It took a minute. So where it says in verse 12, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have bore the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? They were upset because they were the others were getting treated equal. They wanted to be above then. 
They wanted in their eyes, they felt above. They wanted more. They allowed greed and ego to um, feel like it wasn't enough. The agreement wasn't enough. Um, and we are like that nowadays. We don't want to accept what others do and feel like what they're doing is fair. How do I want to put this? God, where are you taking me with this? I feel like I'm just lost. We get like that. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking on my mind. Many of us are like that. We look at somebody else and we want to tell them what's right or wrong in their life. We want to say, I don't like how you're doing things. You're wrong. What you're doing isn't fair. You're incorrect. I've done it. I'll admit I've done it. I've told somebody what they're doing is wrong. And really when I reflect what they were doing was correct. And I realized in saying that I was unknowingly distracting them from the way God was trying to lead them because I don't know where God's trying to lead somebody. So how can I say what they're doing is incorrect? The way they're handling things is incorrect. Whether I think it's right or wrong, that may be a lesson they need to learn to come in and be like, I don't like what you're doing. And, you, and, and realistically, that's their right to choose. That's why they call it free will. And he's correct. This man says, what have I done wrong to you? Nothing. Many of us don't stop and ask each other that question. How is it really hurting you? I've asked people that. How can somebody really hurt you? Somebody made a post yesterday. It was about emotions. He goes, just some people... Basically, he was saying that people have the power to come in and make you feel a certain way. And I, I asked this way I go how can somebody control your emotions really I want to know how somebody can actually come in and have the power to control your emotions and he told me anxiety and that's the thing we always want to blame the other person for how we feel and it's incorrect to do that. I've done it, so I know it's incorrect. Whatever we feel is because of us. It is our self. Our emotions are self-made. I was just talking to my friend Gina about this yesterday. We'll talk about, I mean, amongst ourselves, you know, we try. But ultimately, when we when we really reflect together, we go, yeah, it's our own fault. We allow things. It's our own fault. So I like that about her. Um, anyway, you guys, I got way off topic. I don't know where my mind went with this. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, in about five minutes when I turn off this video, God is going to show me what he was really trying to show me or it's going to be that aha moment. And I don't know. It's like... It's like this ball of fuzz in my forehead. Like it's not quite clear. Like I'm trying to see something, but it's not quite clear. And I don't understand why. I feel like my head's cloudy and it's not very clear. 
and God's trying to bring me to a point and it's not coming through. But I do have my verse of the day. So I hope you guys watch that. I love you. Happy Wednesday and God bless.